0: Good morning, you guys, and happy Saturday. It is Amanda and Baron back with Kickin' Cancer Cares. And before we get started, I want to give a huge shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Breezy HVAC and Oddmost Pizza. We really appreciate you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. We really appreciate you guys and all that you do and making it possible for us to bring you this show. Good morning, Baron. How are you?
1: Good morning. So here's my big question for you. Okay. Like, where do those 60-degree days go? And now <laughs> it's like 85, 90 degrees. It's like summer's officially here.
0: It is. Welcome, summer. Welcome, summer. <laughs> and
1: unfortunately, the pollens came with it and the Ugh. allergies. And... The
0: pollen's been awful for us at our home. You? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, if you hear me coughing and wheezing, that's why. All
0: right, all right. So, Fair I'll enough. I'll do my
1: best not to cough into the microphone today. Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> all right, so let's recap last week.
1: Yes. So if you remember, we did this awful polar plunge back in January. <laughs> it's I, just, I did it. You were on the side laughing at me, if I remember <laughs> this right. This is true. This is true. But the, the reason we did it was for this um, young man named Michael Brown, mm-hmm. who, at, when he turned four, he had brain cancer. Right. And the type of cancer he had was actually spiraling around his brain stem. <clears throat> so they cut 97% of that cancer off. They had to give him chemo to get the last of it off. Uh, he has totally beaten the odds because he was supposed to live till he's 10, mm-hmm. and he's 33 now.
0: That's amazing. That yeah. is amazing.
1: And the reason we did the polar plunge is to get the cancer out, they killed brain cells, and so he actually qualifies for Special Olympics, and that was a big fundraiser for Special Olympics. Yeah,
0: that was awesome. That's really cool.
1: But there's a couple of really interesting things that happened that I thought you'd find intriguing. Okay. When we did that second Warrior Dash, we were looking for a reason, a a person to rally around. And I told you we all got muddy for Michael. Yep, yep. So Brenda flies in from Arizona, and we wanted to give Michael a shirt. I hadn't actually met Michael yet. His dad had made all these shirts for us. Oh, yep. So his dad said, well, Michael works at the Walmart over there on Turner Road, and he pushed carts. So we pulled up, again, not knowing what Michael looks like. Right. And there was this one young man pushing carts, so I was going to say, you know, where can I find Michael? Mm-hmm. And he turns around, his name back says Michael.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 here I right so, It's
1: like God led me right to Michael. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. But the other thing that was really intriguing about just who Michael is as a person. Mm-hmm. So when we did go team Michael, it wasn't to raise money for Michael. It was to raise money for Special Olympics, which is what he loves to do. Okay. But at the end of his time, we go from one core to another, so the next quarter is a lady who lives in Dallas who's battling blood cancer, and so he wanted to find some way to pay it forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he loves to play golf. Loves to play golf. Right? <laughs> he was in our golf tournament.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: And and so he asked if I would put together a little golf tournament in Dallas. Okay. So there's a little nine-hole course in Dallas, and we called it "Play It Forward."
0: I like that. Play It Forward.
1: So that was the way we ended. Go Team Michael, and started Go Team Sandy. And that okay. was kind of Michael's gift to Sandy, was to play this golf tournament in gray shirts for brain cancer. We ended it in orange shirts for blood cancer.
0: Okay, all right. I like how you rally around somebody, uh, individual person at a time. I feel like it makes them feel really special, in it. and it. I feel like it really draws out the awareness a little bit more.
1: Well, and it's part of what we always want to do as an organization was just to be boots on the ground to, to keep local money local with yeah. those fighting cancer.
0: No, absolutely. Is there How could our listeners get involved and help with something like that?
1: So if they go to our website, it's kicking-cancer.org. In the upper right corner of the homepage, it says donate. Okay. And that's what keeps us going as an organization. Um, we have, we're redesigning our homepage, so now you can actually go in, you can click a button that says more information. Mm -hmm. You'll get added to our email list. You can volunteer for events. We've got lots of stuff coming this summer. Um, People are rallying around this cause and the more the merrier.
0: Absolutely. I think it's an amazing cause. I'm happy to be a part of it. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So do you have any shocking news for me? Well, I thought I would just keep
1: shocking you from last week.
0: Okay. All (laughs) right. I'm good with it.
1: Um, So you remember
0: last week we actually,
1: I showed you this graph. Yes. Kind of surprised you?
0: It did, (laughs) to say the least.
1: So just because the listeners can't see this graph, it's what they call a bar graph. So each line represents a different company. It's from 2019, and it shows the profitability of different companies back in 2019. Okay. Okay. There's a line about halfway down, and it's what's called the S&P 500 index. So the 500 most commonly traded stocks were at 17.9% profitability. Okay. What was intriguing to you was there are eight companies above that line, Mm -hmm. and five of those
0: eight are pharmaceutical companies. Five of the eight are pharmaceutical companies. I feel like I needed to repeat that. That's... (laughs) Well, That's insane. And the other thing I thought you, th- you found
1: intriguing, and I'm going to let you read this. No, but- no.
0: Don't let me read it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you can, can don't read, You don't get to can, do, can, do that. <laughs> These are the companies that were not pharmaceuticals. <laughs> oh, yes. That are above the okay, line. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what was the number one non-pharmaceutical?
0: Facebook. Number two. McDonald's. Number three. Apple.
1: So those are companies that we kind of expect to be profitable.
0: Right, right. right?
1: But the number one most profitable company... In 2019, is called Gilead Sciences, mm-hmm. which is an R&D company. What's that number? 49.7%.
0: 49.
1: 49.7% 49. profit.
0: That's a very large profit.
1: <laughs> and anyone who runs a business understands that money comes in, expenses get paid, and then you have profit. Right. That's f- almost 50%
0: profit. That's outrageous. That's insane. But that's that is very I mean, much so. That's a very two, large profit.
1: Number two is Facebook with like forty six percent. But Facebook doesn't have a whole lot of hard costs. They don't have a building. Right. They don't have electricity. They don't have
0: well, They do have employees, but their hard costs are less. Than other businesses, uh, especially a pharmaceutical, an R and D pharmaceutical company at that. And R and D is—it's like that's like testing, research right? and development, research and development. That—that's not cheap.
1: Nope, <laughs> nope. And so then you go down, and the other one. How do
0: you get profit off research and development?
1: Well, you 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 have to pay your employees. Yeah. But you get funded All for right. the research.
0: Got it. Okay. Which is a
1: whole nother show and a whole nother discussion. (laughs) But that's just amazing to me. So you asked the question last week, what this was 2019, which is prior to COVID. Right. You were curious what this would be like now. Right. So I did a little digging or Mm -hmm. we did a little digging. Right. (laughs) So the S&P is way down and most people that are following stocks realizes that things are down. The S&P is down 21.1%. So
0: that's, it was a positive 17 yeah. in 2019
1: which means the 500 most commonly traded stocks are down 21.1%. Wow. But the top one Gilead is only down 17.2. Mhm. Facebook is down 15.2. Pfizer's only down 11 or I'm sorry 16.9. But the more intriguing number that you and I both discovered was Pfizer for the year, for one full year, is actually up.
0: Correct. So,
1: so they are the year it, to date, from January through now, they're down 16.9. But June through June, they're up almost 26%. Yes. So Pfizer is still
0: making good money. Very good money. <laughs> in a market that's down. Yeah. Explain and, that to me. <laughs> I'm
1: not, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> again, that's a whole other show with a whole lot more time to talk about it. Um, but I think what this speaks volume of is people are not aware of how much money is being made on the pharmaceutical side.
0: And by people, that includes me as well. I'm not knowledge on any of that type of stuff. In all honesty, the stuff that you bring me, it truly does shock me. It's, um, it's, it's, fa- it's, it's interesting uh, where it goes. I actually just learned, it might be a little off topic, but the CDC – They're a non-profit. I thought they were government-owned. So it's kind of crazy all the little things that you learn and uh, get knowledge on. So I appreciate you bringing me these facts I, and our listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I and again, I don't want anyone that's listening to think that I'm anti-pharmaceuticals because there are lots of things p- thing, people are doing that are making them healthier. Correct. And the research is definitely helping with that. Yes. But do you really need to make 50% profit in the process? Yeah. That's, that's the question. Right. Right? That's rude. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it is rude. rude. That's rude. <laughs> I like that. Um, so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That there was a there was a drug out there called Toxel. Mm-hmm. Okay, Toxel is designed to kind of control the cancer as it grows, and that it's way more complex than that. But on the simple terms, it had there was a lot of research that went into the creation of Toxel. Okay, our government paid for that research. Right. Then, once they knew Toxel would work, they sold the rights of Toxel to Bristol-Myers Squibb to then go out and sell it. Okay. And Bristol-Myers Squibb has made $9 billion selling that one drug alone. Wow. But they didn't pay for the R&D. You ask how they're profitable? They didn't pay for the R&D. Yeah. We did. And they've only paid back $35 million.
0: That's right. I remember we were talking about that.
1: Yeah, it comes so, full circle. <laughs> so basically, we paid for the research, and they haven't paid us back for the research.
0: So how do we follow up on something like that? Like how do who who makes them pay? Well,
1: one of the things again, we talked about some of the things that happen in other countries that isn't happening in the United States. There is no oversight. There's no governmental agency overseeing pharmaceuticals. Yeah, and that's just a case of all of us making more demands of our senators, our Congress people, mm-hmm. going. Somebody should be overseeing this process. Right, yeah. So. That's too bad. Yes. Did I shock you enough?
0: You did. (laughs) (laughs) Mission
1: accomplished.
0: As usual. (laughs) Uh, No, it's, I I enjoy information like this. I think knowledge is power and whether you can make a difference with it or not.
1: Well, the scary thing for me is, again, I didn't start kicking cancer to do all this stuff. I was just trying to help my sister out. And then she and I said, hey, why don't we share some of the stuff that we're doing but over the course of the last four years, I've dug up so much information yeah. that shocks me, too. Right. Uh, I remember one of the times I was in here with Terry Soule and doing his show, and he goes, "Baron, you're starting to piss me off. <laughs> 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 because we don't know what's going on. Right. And we so, don't. And so if you and I can be a voice of some way to bring awareness to that, we need to.
0: Absolutely. Do you, you Now, you put on, like, events and stuff, and don't you, like, for uh, learning things like that and— do you have any that are upcoming?
1: Um we have a full retreat planned in September. Okay. Which is going to be super fun. We did a we do quarterly workshops. Mm-hmm. Our workshop was the first part of June and actually Dr. Bud Pierce, oh. who's kind of well known around here. Yeah. Dr. Bud Pierce was one of our key speakers at that. Okay. So that's where our goal with those is to educate you on how to hopefully not get cancer. Okay. Things you can do to put the odds in your favor.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Yep, that's our goal is to educate.
0: Yes, yes it is.
1: Are you ready for a story?
0: Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I wanted
1: to bring back this article I brought you from the uh, National Institute of Health because it talked about childhood cancer.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Remember we did that a little bit last week? Yeah. So childhood cancer, according to them, is defined as anyone between the ages of 0 and 19. Okay. So we've already talked about Michael, who was... Four, so he's on the lower end of right. childhood cancer. Within that realm, they call them adolescents, but it's still inside that realm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 19 is still considered childhood cancer.
0: Okay, I thought it was 18.
1: Yeah, they go clear up to 19. Okay. Um, among adolescents, ages 15 to 19, about 5,000 will be diagnosed with cancer. Wow. In the whole United States. Okay. So it's not as bad as the little guys? No, but, but, it's, but still it's still up there. Up there. So I'm going to bring you a story. You got your Kleenex with you?
0: Oh gosh, don't do this to here's, me. Here's here's a box.
1: It's
0: been a rough day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this one this young man actually qualifies as adolescent cancer. Okay. He's was from Staten. Okay. So the was, was is gonna give you a clue, right?
0: <laughs> Dang
1: you. In two thousand seven, James Burns is his name. Okay, so in two thousand seven, James was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Okay. The good news with testicular cancer is typically you can just cut the testicles out and you've removed the cancer. Right. If you can catch it in time. We talked about Dave Wentz, where it started the testicles and then
0: moved. Yeah, moved.
1: That's what happened to James. So in 2007, they did that. And time went along. Things looked great. By the time he turned 23.
0: took about four years later. Four
1: years later. His markers, the little things that are checking, started to go up, and his lymph nodes had swollen, and what was happening is he was getting tumors in his back and in his lungs.
0: Oh, OK.
1: So it had left the testicle area, began and moving up.
0: Oh um,
1: He was put on some pretty intense chemo. Um, the tumors from his back and lungs were removed, and then he was given what was called stem cell transplant, so basically you're using your own body to try to kill the cancer.
0: OK. okay. That was common.
1: It's becoming more common. Okay. It is. And I've had some good conversation with Dr. Pierce about methods we're using now, more of an immunotherapy type methods to kill the cancer. We're using our own body to attack it internally. Okay. um, Which is a whole lot better than giving us a bunch of poison to kill it. Right, right. Yeah. Nope. Agreed. So that's what they did. This was in 2011. Things were fine for about five more years. Okay. 2016 rolls around. His markers started going up again. And they did a CAT scan, which revealed he had some swollen lymph nodes in his neck. So now it's even farther up his body. Kept going, yeah. Yeah, so he'd gone from his back to his neck. Um, another surgery, nine more lymph nodes were removed. He continued his battle.
0: So is when he, so five years later, well, the first time was four years later, and then five years later, is, is, are they not getting all of the cancer? Is there some that is being left behind that continues to grow? Or is it just redeveloping? and growing or is that above your pay grade <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, it is above my pay grade <laughs> cuz I'm not an oncologist. So I'm going to speak with the best knowledge I do have.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious like how Well, it and keeps... I
1: would and I would say yes to all of your questions. Okay. Because the, the thing I want to back up to that probably answers your question the best is in 2011 when they found it in his lymph nodes so your lymphatic system in your body Works kind of like oil in your car. Okay. Okay. So if you, if you change your oil on a regular basis, your car tends to run better. If you let your car sit in your garage and not move, the oil gets sluggish. Mm-hmm. So movement is one of the things we talk about to keep cancer at bay. Yes. But once the cancer gets into the lymphatic system or into the oil, <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's moving around in your body.
0: Okay. Does
1: that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So the cancer got into his lymphatic system. And somehow, yeah. Somehow, More than likely, once it left the testicle area, there are lymph nodes around that region. And once it got into the lymph nodes, now it's in the lymphatic system and on the move.
0: Okay.
1: Um, in my sister's case, hers is in her lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. She has a little spot in her hip, a little spot in her lung. But the reason she gets up every morning... In 120 Yuma, Arizona. <laughs> she does it early because it's still cooler. Has to. Right? But she goes for a walk. Yeah. Just to keep her lymphatic system moving. Just to keep that oil moving. moving. Exactly. <laughs> so in his case, it may not have been the same cancer or it could have been the same cancer just moved around his body. Okay. And because I don't know all the details of his story, I don't yeah. know the answer to that specifically. No, that's okay. But my guess is that it got into his lymph nodes and began moving through his body. Okay and work this way right, right up his back
0: okay so we've gone sorry from, i didn't mean to throw no, you off there no
1: no. actually I had to think about that answer too It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one you know if you had somebody that was more their pay grade they could probably answer that question <laughs> way better than i did but <laughs> that's
0: okay you um, answered it greatly okay. actually
1: well i have like i told someone one day i said i'm not an oncologist i actually have a zero train in oncology but i've talked to enough people now that i can kind of answer these questions. Yeah, mostly.
0: absolutely. You're very knowledgeable on it well, all. And if
1: I don't know the answer, I won't make it up. I'll get you an answer. You'll just be though. like, hey,
0: that's a good question. <laughs> gonna, I'll have to get back to you. I'm not going
1: to BS, <laughs> be as the answer so bad. But unfortunately, with James's case, it just kept moving. It moved up his, again, We, we his back and his lungs, um, got to his neck when he was 28. Jeez. This is in 2016. Uh, February 22nd, 2017, he was told he had three more tumors in his lungs and a small cluster in his chest near his heart.
0: So your neck, which is close to your brain, your chest, your back, your heart. My goodness.
1: Yeah. And in fact, when when they found that cluster near his heart, the doctors were not going to do surgery. They said it was it was too dangerous to try to cut those tumors off. Right being that close to his heart.
0: So they had to leave him.
1: They did. What they inf- and and here's the other scary thing, so they informed him that chemotherapy was most likely not an option at that point because his body had developed what they call mutated cancer. Here they come. <laughs> you know, I talked about this before. This his he had been hit with this for um about 10 years. That's- and- I mean, 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so at that point, his cells had actually figured out how to resist. You need that Kleenex box now, don't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his cells had figured out how to fight the chemotherapy. Um, so he had become immune to chemo and radiation treatments.
0: That's got to be so hard for a reality. Well, and
1: I'm just that. trying to put myself in yeah. James's shoes. <clears throat> like, you know, like what we know how to fight it. Doesn't, doesn't
0: work. work. Well, so, so what do I do now? You're defeated. You're that's a that's scary. a sad, scary, scary reality. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So July 2018, that's when I started kicking cancer. Was okay. July 2018. I hadn't met James yet or even heard this story yet, but in July a tumor was removed from James's brain.
0: Okay, so, so they now operated
1: all the way up his back to his
0: brain. Okay.
1: Um, And that one, they were able to move. He has some radiation both in his brain and his left lung. And the reason they're doing that is to try to stop that tumor. The radiation is kind of like creating a barrier. Okay, like block
0: it from continuing to grow. I mean, one
1: visual you can think of is when you have a fire, they actually get ahead of the fire and they burn. Yes. To try to stop the fire from jumping. Yep. Similar concept with radiation. Okay. So they're doing the radiation to try to stop this thing from moving. Right. But... They can't get the thing to stop. Yeah. So they did the radiation. Um, It also says that his white cell count dropped, uh, which is dangerous in anybody if your white cells get too low because now your immune system is going out the window.
0: Right. And it can't fight.
1: He can't fight. He was hospitalized late 2018 and told it was only a matter of time from here on out. Jeez. And that's when that's I got involved. Heartbreaking. In <laughs>
0: okay, so,
1: so it, we had formed this organization in the end of twenty eighteen. It's early two thousand nineteen, and I what we're reading was emailed to me. Yeah. Saying, Can you help my friend? Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're two months old as an organization. We've got a hundred bucks in the bank. We're not there to throw a bunch of money at you nor did we have time to do anything to help this young man. I read this story crying, realizing I can't. I can't help. It's too late to help. So I did email this person back, and I said, what I will tell you is your friend won't die in vain. Right. I'll tell a story. And here we sit. Yes. Telling a story.
0: Years later, I, I love that. I love that.
1: So it was January 10th, 2019, which was about the time I got this letter, James' oncologist told him that there was nothing else they could do to treat his cancer, but he refused to he refused to give in, he kept fighting however he could. January twenty fifth, he found out that most his most recent CAT scan was positive for tumors in his liver. Jeez. And there's a couple of organs that when the cancer gets there, it's dates.
0: It'll shut it down yeah. quick.
1: And the liver's one of them. Yeah. Your body can't function without a liver. (laughs) Right. So that was February 25th, and James passed away about two weeks later.
0: Jeez. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's sad.
1: Yeah. The one part that's That's amazing to me in this whole story is, um, first off, this is a local story. This guy grew up in Staten. I mean, he's just... Right here close by.
0: Yeah, and this isn't very long ago either. No. At all.
1: And he fought for 12 years. years. 12 years. He didn't give up. 12 years.
0: That would have been hard not to give up. I'll give him that. Yeah. Being defeated time after time.
1: When um, we got this article emailed to me, I was just getting the idea to do newsletters. And so we... Put this in a newsletter i always try to find a good title to summarize it the title for his is a journey well fought a
0: journey well fought amen to that
1: and i i took like 20 or 30 copies of that newsletter out to the oregon garden which is where they were having a celebration for life okay didn't realize how well known james was um Let's just say there were there wasn't a lot of space in the Orton Garden. That there wasn't people. Really, there's a reason they used the Orton Garden.
0: They rallied just rallied there for. And them if anyone's been out the
1: Orton Garden, there's a lot of territory. I'm there, a lot is, of acres. <laughs> there is. Um, I had to look and look and look to find my friend who had sent me this article. And I came up to her and I I gave her these newsletters and she just hand them out to their friends all over the place. Um, and then I saw his widow. So he had testicular cancer and was told he'd never have kids. Sad. And they did
0: have a kid. So he lives on. That's amazing. I love that he has a kid. That's probably just a spitting image of him. Yeah. So we have. I'm so sorry to cut you short. No, you're fired. Clock.
1: Plus you're, you're, def- <laughs> you're out of Kleenexes anyway. <laughs> I am.
0: So really quick, what's our website so they can donate and
1: help? If, if you go to kicking-cancer.org and you can actually go to stories, you can type in James Burden name, you can read this whole story. It's all inside. There. There's also a button for donate. Just help us keep telling these stories.
0: Absolutely. And make sure to tune in next Saturday as, as the, the movement, movement continues. continues.